What's happening, man? Anybody out there, man? I looked at a few numbers today. Yeah. Uh, they were all right. The numbers were good. The numbers were good. I looked at the podcast numbers. The numbers were good. I'm looking at them now. You know what I'm saying? We reach, we reach Africa. We out in Africa, dog. We out in Africa. You know, it's not about it's not about who watching now. It's about who listening later. Shout out to everybody who's out there tuned in to New Wave Radio, New Wave Podcast. I'm in the crib right now, quarantining. 909, April 21st. Um, I was going to talk crazy about hip-hop today, but I am going to still talk hip, talk about hip-hop. I am going to still speak on some hip-hop today. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk music. Um, give me one second. Let me send out the alerts on Instagram, but I'm going to keep going for the podcast. We're going to talk music today. We're going to talk hip-hop. We're going to talk a whole lot of other stuff. Um, the reason why I had hip-hop on my mind is because I wanted to know about how do you feel as far as making it? What's making it in hip-hop? What do you consider making it? Like, are you satisfied? You know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of dudes are satisfied with where they at as far as making music for the barbershops and the corner stores and all that shit. And does that matter to you? Like, or or are you just are you just passionate about the craft to where as though you create just to create? Because it's a lot of dudes that don't like, you know, they think and they say they do stuff. And they really do. But are you doing it to the level where you think you're comfortable at? Where are you or do you ever get comfortable? Is it always like an uncomfortable feeling like where you know you got to be, you got to be here. You got to be at the peak. You, you're not, you're not, you're not even in the middle of the mountain yet. We have to, we climbing Mount Himalayas and you're not even halfway there. You nowhere near there. You're like 97% there. You're on the ground. You know what I'm saying? So we want to know, I want to know how you guys feel as far as your craft goes. And if support from the hood matters, if support from the hood matters, if support from the neighborhood matters, does it matter? Do you care? Like if the dude from around the corner from you that you always went to school, you watched, you watched him, you, y'all went to school together, y'all played basketball together, sports, everything, y'all grew up together. Does it matter if he supports you or does it not? Does it even not bother you? You know what I'm saying? Because I got my opinion on it. And in the in the comment section tomorrow when the podcast is up, I want to know what you guys think. And Instagram Live, as far as that goes, I want to know what y'all think whenever y'all pour in. But I'm talking to the podcast right now. Shout out to all the platforms. iTunes, Google, Radio Republic, Stitcher. We got about 10 other platforms that we on. And you can hear me all around. I'm out there. So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about First, we're going to talk about the, I, I, my boy, my boy just gave me something. He sent me something. It came from a popular Instagrammer, the young boy Filet. So Filet said he put the top 10 goat ball handlers. So before we talk hip hop, before we talk anything hip hop, support anything, we're going to get into the top 10 goat handlers as from from the young boy Filet, you know Filet, do the thing, do the sound, the sound bites, the um, the um, the voiceovers, all that. You know he he a big deal right now on Instagram. So we're gonna go over his top ten, which is not a bad top ten. I really can't debate about that top ten. What I can say is, Kimber Walker. Does Kimber Walker have a handle? Is Kimber Walker handle ice cold, or is Kimber Walker known for just his shot? You know, because Filet got Kimber Walker up there. So I'm talking to everybody. I want to know. That's what we talking about, hip-hop and basketball tonight. And we might not talk about that corona shit, because corona, 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 corona. Like, we're going to talk about when this shit, corona shit, over. 
We not gonna keep dwelling on all this other crazy shit. You know, let the other dudes do that. You know, the 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 podcast, the other podcasters. Excuse me. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, two people on Instagram. Thank you for everybody that's about to tune in on the podcast. So, um, Filet, we talking about handlers, ball handlers. Let me tell you my definition of a basketball handler. Because he ain't even got Stefan Marbury up there. Marbury shit was ice cold. He ain't even put Kenny Anderson up there. And Kenny Anderson used to put dudes on their fucking back. Like, really. He used to, like, motherfucker make motherfuckers break dance out there. And motherfucker just be spinning on his back like a like a skelly top. So so let's get into this bullshit, man. And in between, I'm gonna give you my definition of a ball handler. He got Kyrie Irving first. Kyrie vicious. Kyrie Irving in the handle is motherfucking molten hot lava. His shit the opposite of cold. His shit hot, deadly. I seen Kyrie make motherfuckers do the margarina on the basketball court. I'm talking about Kyrie get out there and just like, it's something about his handle, like his body just just do something different. He like a fucking a fiesta dancer or some shit, a salsa dancer. You know what I'm saying? You talk, you give Kyrie that ball, and you tell him perform. He gonna perform. He going to perform. That's somebody that you can count on that's going to perform. He might not win the games that everybody think he, he should win, but we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about handles. He said goat ball handlers, but Kyrie Irving is top of the line. Kyrie Irving is like up there, upper echelon type shit. You know what I'm saying? Because his shit is just gritty. And you could tell Kyrie not from Kyrie... When I say, you know, so a lot of people be talking about, like, basketball players, right? They say, oh, that motherfucker went to, like, that school with all them white people. And that motherfucker ain't that good. He went to school with mad white people. Like, dog, he went to college with them white kids. These motherfuckers is from the hood. So they play basketball like how how we play basketball. They play basketball. What we see on them do? That's what we be wanting to see in the basketball court. When we be out there, you see, like, your man do shit like that. Kyrie do shit your man do. Kyrie do shit your man do. These dudes are like motherfucking gods in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? As far as basketball goes. So, dudes be trying to clown them because saying they from, like, white areas. But, nah, this young boy's from Jersey. He from the hood. He just went to Duke University. That's where guys get it confused at. But this young boy got a hood, got a handle that's from the straight hood. It's almost like he ain't never even go to school. He just went to sleep with a basketball and woke up and went to the basketball court. You know, it's always one of them guys is out there on the court, balling all night. He just a legend in both worlds, the street world and the professional world. He a legend in both worlds. So I can see why he would put Kyrie at the top spot. I ain't going to give you like an order or nothing that I would put him in. But Kyrie is up there. Kyrie like, he there. He's there. He's there. He's definitely there. Next he got, you already know. He got, and this could, and this ball could have been the top one or the second one. It could have been top three. He got Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. The reason why I think Allen Iverson should be top on the list, and not because I'm like from that back in the days where I just like guys like him and I grew up with him. All of these guys that's under Allen Iverson, patting their game behind or around Allen Iverson. So these guys got their game from him. They cross over, they moves, they finger roll, they style, everything came from Allen Iverson's NBA DNA. He birthed them. He birthed most of them. 
Most of these dudes is under 30 years old. Iverson is damn near, he's 40. He's 40-something. Allen Iverson birthed a lot of these guys. So I think that it should be like, on like if it's a mountain, Mount Rushmore, Allen Iverson should be like this with his Superman cape on, looking down at everybody like, you know what I'm saying? Because Allen Iverson is like one of the balls that they got their fucking shit from. He got Jason Williams on there. J-Dub, the white boy. Jason Williams was a beast. He had a, he had a swift game. But what I don't like about it, his game is that we ain't get enough of his game. And I think it was like politics and injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got hurt a couple times. He actually played with the Miami Heat. He wandered around for a bit. after When he had that stint with the Kings, he was unstoppable. Like, But he ain't had no defense. Because I used to see um, Derek Fisher cook that young boy. I used to see dudes like Derek Fisher, D. Fish, come down with the basic crossover. Bop, pow. You know what I'm saying? And move on his ass. Give him a good 15. 10 assists. You know what I mean? D. Fish was cooking. So Jason Williams was good, but he had he had a... His game was like something like you was like, all right. He just like a nigga on... He just like a dude on steroids. He's just like an Allen Iverson. He like a Jason Kidd on steroids. You know what I'm saying? You see Jason Kidd with the fancy passes. You see Jason Williams or mix it with a crossover and a fancy pass. Jason Williams, Jason Kidd was just like... Jason Williams came in the game and kind of finessed it. He kind of finessed it because, again, he had a disadvantage... When he was in that NBA, he was white. So he already know. You can think about, just think about, put your your feet in his shoes growing up. He white. So he got to bust dudes ass on the strength that he played. He got to serve dudes on a silver platter. So he got to develop a game. So why not? He's small. He, gotta, he developed a handle. You know what I'm saying? He developed a handle. Yeah, he was flashy. He was real flashy. Like, I'm talking about, he would do some crazy shit with the ball. Like, the ball was like a, was like a, like, like a um, glass ball or some shit. He just walk, walking with it like this. He just a wizard with it. He, he was that type of nice. He was flashy. He definitely was. Um, he got Jamal Crawford on the list. I like Jamal Crawford. I like Jamal Crawford's game. Jamal Crawford, see, the thing about Jamal Crawford that I like is Jamal Crawford come off the bench and he ball. But Jamal Crawford don't come off the bench like no regular bench motherfucker. Jamal Crawford come off the bench like a hungry dog. And he got that handle. He like, he hit you with that crossover because he about six, six something, six, six. He about Kobe size. So Crawford moved. And, and he moved with the ball. He keep that ball in his hand. You don't even know where that ball going. When Crawford dribbling, you like looking at his shoulders and shit. And then you not even focus on the waistline because you don't know if his, he squares up with you. And he like, he fast like on some ninja shit. You know what I'm saying? On some real live black ninja shit. Like that motherfucker, one. now you see him, now you don't type shit. You know, he'll carve you the fuck up. And I seen him. I seen him do it. I watched Jamal Crawford get on that basketball court and 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 see, let me tell you guys something about basketball. Cause when you do that shit on a collegiate level, on a street level, or on a high school level, it means something. It's like, damn, yo, you seen what the boy just did? He just fucked him up with that crossover. And the NBA is a kind of like a managed basketball game. The NBA is kind of like micromanaged to the point where them guys got to run plays. They can't do all that shit. It's hard for them to do that shit in the NBA because they're playing against the best players in the world. So that shit might not fly versus somebody like motherfucking Paul George. You know what I'm saying? Paul George is looking at you like, dog, like, what the fuck is you doing with all that dribbling shit? And he's stealing it. This is one of the best defensive players in the game. 
So you might not be able to do that shit in the NBA. So if you could do that shit in the NBA, the way they do that shit, they the shit. They gifted. Because it's hard, dog. It's hard. It's not easy to do that shit in the NBA, man. I'm talking about, I seen dudes in the NBA play, and I'm talking about nice motherfuckers coming to the league. Skip to my Lou, Ray for Austin. He thought he was going to come into the league with all that hand on his hip twitching and shit. And nah, they stopped that shit immediately. Because them, them, them motherfuckers play defense. They know how to play the game. And not taking nothing away from Rafer's game, cause Rafe got some had got his shit off in the NBA. He did, but he had to change his game. He couldn't do the crossover like he did in um, Rucker Park. He couldn't do it. He knew, cause first of all, he's small as shit. He little, so his arms is like little. You know what I'm saying? And, and nine times out of ten, he got to do like Penny Hardaway guarding him. You know what I'm saying? He got to do like Penny Hardaway with some long arms. Them shit stretch and extend. It's like a fucking bat stretching his wings out like Dracula or some shit. Them boys coming out on that court like this. Like, like yeah, where you going? So you really got to be crafty with that ball. So shout out to Skip because he changed his game when he got to the NBA. He changed his game tremendously. You know what I'm saying? Um, he got Steph Curry on here. A lot of people might not like Steph Curry on this list. A lot of people might not think Steph Curry should be on this list because they only know Steph for shooting that ball. And damn it right, Steph got a shot. Steph got a goddamn rifle. He hit that shit from the, he hit that shit from your living room. That motherfucker pull that shit from the living room and it'll go swish in the Oracle Center. That's how spot on he is. So you got Steph Curry on that list. Now Steph got a handle. Steph Curry handle is crazy, see? The thing is, people look at him shooting the ball all the time, like I said. But when you look at Steph, go back and look at his highlights. Steph got to create space. So usually, most of the time, Steph got a guard that's five inches taller than him. You know what I'm saying? A nice wingspan, like I said. Steph got a guard that's a little bit taller than him. So Steph... They got him like, he's like almost like Reggie Miller, but shorter. So Steph got to run through screens. You'll always see him running around, circles, and he got to create space when he get that ball. So his handle is fucking vicious. I'm going to give you an example of Steph handle. When he, when he, when he rolled over Chris Paul, he, flat, he flattened Chris Paul on the baseline. He took Chris Paul, went one way, boom, went the other way, crossed him, hit the shot. He's spot on. He ain't no motherfucker joke. That little yellow motherfucker can move. You know what I'm saying? And if you think it's easy, sometimes, like, look, coaches got to watch Steph in slow motion. That's how good he is. Coaches have to, like, play the tape back in slow motion to figure out what he's looking at and what he's doing when he got that ball in his hand. Because his ball, his hand and eye coordination is vicious. He looking at the rim, defender, ball. And he just be, he rocked that shit like a baby. He just be, he, he the shit. He the shit. Now he put Pistol Pete on here, which is not a big, not a, not a, ain't nothing wrong with Pistol Pete. You know, Pistol Pete was nice. That motherfucking white boy used to get busy. But see, the reason why you got to put Pistol Pete up there is because he just was good. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here in my mind trying to think about how I can insert Rod Strickland in Pistol Pete's spot. But I can't because Pistol Pete had that crossover. Like, And if you look at videotape, if you look at basketball, like I do, I watch basketball like... I watch basketball like it's cartoons and shit. So if you look at Pistol Pete, he was running at you with the speed of light. Watch his highlights. He coming at you like he running a marathon. And it's basketball with them little ass shoes on. And he doing a crossover in full speed. 
Like, he not doing a crossover. He not premeditating his shit. He doing his shit like, zoom, bop, 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 finger roll. You know what I'm saying? So he made motherfuckers look stupid. Dudes was like, looking around like, God damn, he got passed. Plus, plus, not to mention, he was like a point guard. He was small. So all of them motherfuckers was small back in the days. So you was either, if you was, like, put it back in the days, if you was balling, you either had a jump shot or that's about it. Because it was like Will Chamberlain was in a hole and he was the biggest person on the court. So it was hard to like drive to the hole. So you had to have a jump shot. So for him to have that game that he had, that and just get there, that tells you a lot about where he was at when he was thinking about playing basketball. Because they wasn't like that. They just wasn't. They wasn't doing that shit. So Pistol Pete can always stay on that list. He always can stay on that list. He can never fall off that list. Because if he falls off, it's because somebody better came about. You know what I mean? Like, And I don't see him going nowhere for no time soon. Because he coming from an era where motherfuckers was wearing, motherfuckers, motherfuckers was wearing writing paper as sole of their sneaker. Them, 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 it wasn't hard. It wasn't easy back then. Them motherfuckers had loose leaf paper as the sole of their shoe. And they running up in court. You could, Can you imagine hearing them on the court? That shit just going. That's their feet just smacking up on the floor. They ain't had no air bubbles or nothing. It's like they playing in sandals. So, you know what I'm saying? Just think about that shit. Put all that shit into perspective. Chris Paul is all right. He I I don't know about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is good, but he like a dirty basketball player to me. I don't see like his handle doesn't say exciting. Like you could have put, like I said before, you could have put Rod Strickland in Chris Paul's spot. You could have put Penny Hardaway in Chris Paul's spot. You know what I'm saying? It's a few people you could have put in Chris Paul's spot. You could have put. I don't know about Dwayne Wade, because Dwayne Wade ain't have a handle like that, but you could have put, it's somebody else you could have put there besides Chris Paul, because Chris Paul is all right, but at the end of the day, Chris Paul give you that, like, he don't give you no excitement about his game. He just give you, like, it's Chris Paul, like, you know what I mean? You talk about his overall basketball game before you talk about his handle. So his overall basketball game is pretty, is, is okay. You know what I mean? But his handle is another okay. So, Chris Paul is average to me. He not like that dude. You know what I'm saying? He's average to me. You got to put Chris Paul around a supporting cast. And um, Chris Paul seen the best times of Chris Paul's life was when he was with the Hornets. When he was playing like, when he was playing free, when he was able to move around freely. When he went to the Clippers, it was like he was a part of Blake Griffin team. You know what I'm saying? When he went to wherever else he went to, he was a part of like the nigga team. He wasn't it wasn't ever Chris Paul's team. No, it wasn't top tier. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, Chris Paul, like he just averaged like his best years was when he was with the Hornets in Charlotte or North or or, or New Orleans because he was able to be that point guard that they think he was supposed to be now. They talking about Chris Paul from the Hornets. They not talking about the new Chris Paul because Chris Paul ain't really do shit, right? He really wasn't like, to me, he really wasn't like, you know what Rajon Rondo said, Rajon Rondo when him and Chris Paul was arguing Rajon Rondo said, you never going to get a ring. And I think Rajon Rondo was right when he told him that. And Chris Paul wanted to fight him. He was mad and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like you know what I'm saying? Chris Paul always going to be in that bubble. He going to be in that bubble where as though Chris Paul going to be like the Charles Barkley of point guards. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul going to be the Charles Barkley of point guards. He going to retire with nothing. No ring, no nothing. Chris Paul gonna be like basically what I said, average. But 
I fucks with Chris Paul, man. Like, I think he deserved better to me. I honestly think he deserved better because he is better. But right now he averaged. Um, Filet also got Tim Hardaway on that list. Um, Tim Hardaway can easily be top five. Tim Hardaway brought that crossover to the motherfucking forefront. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers seeing Tim Hardaway. And when you think of Tim Hardaway, you think of his Golden State days. And he's like considered, like you can compare him to Pistol Pete. Right? So remember what I said about Pistol Pete? I said Pistol Pete will run at you like 90 miles per hour. Full speed ahead like a fuck, like a cannon out of a out of a joint, like a cannonball. So you got Chris, you got Tim Hardaway used to do that. Tim Hardaway would do that shit and he would dribble with that ball and he would boom cross you over like right just like that. And you like flying. You flying. You don't know what you like. What? Ask Charlie Ward. Ask Chris Childs. Ask Rolando Blackman. Ask Derek Harper. Ask a bunch of the motherfuckers in the NBA, in the NBA and that's in the West Coast that used to play against Chris um, Tim Hardaway. Magic Johnson. He definitely defined crossover. Because like I said, Chris, Tim Hardaway, I keep saying Chris Paul, but Tim Hardaway would come down with that ball and he would have that ball like, you got to look at my hand. He would have that shit like this. Like he had a fucking medicine ball. He dribbling that shit. He dribbling that shit. And you don't know where he going to go with that ball because he like cuffing that shit like he rocking a cradle down there. And he coming down court and he dribbling and he dribbling. And you see this little motherfucker that look like he just fat. He look, almost looked like a fucking, he looked like the me, he looked like an emoji coming at you. He dribbling the ball, he like this. He dribbled the ball, then he hit you. Boop, pow, pow. Three times. You don't get crossed once, you get crossed three times. Boop, pow, pow. And he blow past you, because he ain't never shoot no jumper after he, he did that. Unless it was a perimeter, like, around that bubble. Tim Hardaway hit you with that shit, dog. And it's like the coach look at you like my, like my my dude. Play some fucking D. And now you arguing with the coach. Like, yo, I'm trying. This shit just hit me. He did it so fast, I ain't see it. Tim Hardaway was disturbing on the court. He was disturbing on the court. Like watching him play against watching him play against the Knicks. That's when motherfuckers know Tim Hardaway. See, dudes don't know about Tim Hardaway when he was with the UTEP two-step in the video game and shit. Dudes don't know Tim Hardaway when he played with Golden State. They know of Tim Hardaway, but they don't know Tim Hardaway. See, Tim Hardaway defined that shit. He started that shit. He, he, he brought that gangster shit to life. He put that shit on. He made guards. NBA dudes was like, whoa. They looking at the ref like, you going to let him do that? You know how you see that little street motherfucker on the court? Yo, you going to let him do that to you? That's Tim Hardaway. But see, like I said, dudes know of Tim. But when you seen Tim play with the Miami Heat, with Alonzo Mourning, Dan Marley, P.J. Brown, all them motherfuckers over there on that team, that Miami Heat team was deadly. They was giving it to the Knicks, but the Knicks wasn't bowing down. The Knicks, that was one team that I would love to watch on Classic Sports. Loved to watch on Classic Sports. Tim Hardaway had a mean mouth on him. Yeah. That's a rivalry. Classic Sports need to put that on. Well, he used to fucking cook the Knicks. But the Knicks ain't never bow down to Tim. See, that's a whole new topic. That Miami Heat and New York Knicks Heat um, series. We could talk about that all podcast. We could talk about that shit all night long. You could get a whole bowl of popcorn and sit down and beer and talk about that series right there. Cause it was motherfucking Chef Boyard D time on that and then when that when that era. It was fight. It was fight night. You seen you seen you seen um Van Gundy. Holding on to that bull leg, 
they dragging Van Gundy had like two strands of hair flying. All you seen was a bald head and hair flying. He grabbing that bald leg like that. They was they was fist fighting, throwing bows. I'm talking about seven footers. You get hit with one of those, man. You about to be like, you about to be a rat. One more thing, Allen Houston when he hit that shit. That motherfucker double bounce. Houston looked up. He seen that shit drop. Pounded on that chest. When you talk about Tim Hardaway, it's a history behind that. So you can't just talk about no crossover with Tim. You got to talk about the motherfucking legacy. You got to talk about the heart, the blood, sweat, and tears of losing to New York. Hmm. Mm-mm. We getting, we getting, folks. It's almost like church up in this bitch, dog. It's almost like fucking church. That's how passionate I am about basketball and when sports. Period. I love sports, man. Um, now, 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 at number nine, he got Isaiah Thomas. So, Filet got Isaiah Thomas on all this. No shade to Zeke. Zeke was nice. Isaiah Thomas had a mean handle. He was from Chicago. He was from the hood. He had, like I said, they think a lot of these basketball players be from, like, these little suburban towns and shit, like these white schools, because he went to Indiana University. Motherfuckers think he grew up around white people all his life. That motherfucker was from Chicago. It's in him to have a handle. It's in his heart. That motherfucker blood pump basketball. So when you got Isaiah Thomas out there, he was stretching motherfuckers, just laying them out. He 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 wasn't even dancing on motherfuckers. Cause think about it, when Isaiah Thomas got drafted, he changed the whole fucking dimension of point guards. You know what I mean? He fucked the game up. He fucked the game up because he was little, and dudes already thought that he wasn't gonna be the, that dude. Coming out of college, they slip on him. They was like, ah, yeah, he be out. He ain't, he ain't in here. He ain't in this league. Not with me. I mean, he ain't balling with me. I bust that little motherfucker ass. Isaiah got out there. Isaiah was talking heavy shit. Isaiah was like two foot five. That motherfucker looking up at everybody. You know what I like about the Detroit Pistons, what they did with Isaiah Thomas? They matched his heart. They matched his heart. They surrounded him around some fucking gangsters, some thugs, some winners. They said, you only as good as your leader, man. We're going to put y'all with him. This little motherfucker right here got heart of a lion. They built a fucking team. They assembled like the fucking Voltron. They assembled the fucking bad boys. Rick Mahone, James Edwards. Bill Lambert, John Sally, Vinnie Johnson, um, um, Richard Dumas. No, is it that his name? Joe Dumas, Isaiah Thomas. Hey, they even brought in Adrian Dantley. They brought in mad motherfuckers. They brought in mad dudes. Mark McGuire. They motherfuckers built a team. They put together the most violent basketball team I've ever seen. Watching sports. They made Michael Jordan pay for it. Every time he went to the hole. Michael Jordan go to the hole. That motherfucker closed his eyes before he let that ball go. He closed his eyes. He he go like this. When he get hit, he go like this. He swore he lost a tooth. He check his eye. He making sure he got everything in place. He checking his elbows. Making sure he ain't got nothing dislocated. But Isaiah Thomas' gritty handle led to all that shit. His handle and his game led to the Detroit Pistons saying, yo, we got to assemble something around this guy. We just can't let him play basketball like this because if we do, we ain't going to win because it's going to be like he freestyling because Isaiah Thomas had, was, a, was a basketball player. He was a point guard. And you know what point guards do all the time? They shoot. So he was motherfucking gung-ho when he came into the league. 
Then he had people to pass to. And not let me, don't let me forget. And I will never leave this podcast without forgetting that the Detroit Pistons had Dennis Rodman. The fucking wildest basketball player of them all. They had the worm. Putting up numbers. 25 rebounds. Six foot seven or some shit. This dude like my height. Grabbing all them boards on these dudes. Man, he's great scraping these dudes. Straight scraping these dudes. At 10, he got Kimba Walker. You see what I'm saying? Earlier, I said I don't know how he could put Kimba on that list. But I also said I can't shit on Kimba because I said I don't understand because I don't watch Kimba Walker's game enough to know if he got a handle because I'm so mesmerized by his shot. He always shooting. Kimba pulled from the bubble and nailed it. So I don't know about Kimba's handle. Sometimes I see flashes of his handle. Like I see the drive and the penetration and then the crossover at the stutter step or the bring back. I see stuff like that. I see stuff like that. But I don't see Kimba Walker like mixing it up like these basketball players that we just named. Because these dudes were like mixers. They were like stirring the pot. Like they put you in a blender. You know what I'm saying? They'll put you in a motherfucking blender. But I don't know about Kimba Walker, but Kimba could be a sure shot for the list. Maybe I got to watch him more. I got to see what he can do. But, yeah, I, I can't shit on Kimba. He from the city. He from he from, he from my end. You know, he from New York City. So why not? Kimba could be up there. It's a pretty good list. You know what I'm saying? It's a pretty good list. Like I said, um, what I look for in NBA players, like like these guards and shit like that, I look for like I look for like that all around basketball game. I look for somebody that got that heart, that got that drive, that can ball, that can hoop. That's a like a fucking beast. Like I said, Kyrie Irving, like he's a fucking monster. He's a monster. He's a fucking monster. He's a maniac. You know what I'm saying? So you got guys like Kyrie on that list. I agree with Allen Iverson, Jason Williams to a point, Jamal Crawford, Curry, Pistol Pete, Chris Paul, Tim Hardaway, Zayn Thomas, Kimball Walker. I, I kind of agree with them to a sense, but it's other ones out there. It's hard to name them because like, it's so many. Like You got Baron Davis. Baron Davis was a fucking a maniac with the hit with the rock. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Penny Hardaway was one of them guys that had a handle. And Penny had that. What about fucking um, Tracy McGrady had a handle, but see, their game was unorthodox because they were taller. So to you, you might not, you might look at them like, nah, nah, we talking about point guards and shit. But these guys were point guards. They were just taller. You know what I mean? Penny was drafted. He started out as a point guard. He was a point guard his whole career. A shooting guard and point guard. You know what I mean? Because at times they had to move to the off guard. Like when he played for Phoenix, he had to play two guard because Jason Kidd was running the point. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. It's just, it's just how it is, man. It's, NBA is like... NBA is the shit. Bring back the fucking NBA, goddammit. Let them dudes play in a empty gym or something like fucking play NBA 2K against each other or some shit like y'all been doing, but don't cut it, don't sell us short with a bullshit tournament. Do that shit for a minute. You know what I mean? Shout out to the NBA. Um, we said we was gonna talk about hip hop. thinking about it, because I know these dudes is doing like a pot, you know what I mean we said we was going to talk about hip hop, shout out to everybody that's into hip hop, but I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of tempted to derail the conversation from hip hop to 
basketball players that remind them of hip-hop artists. Because I always like to do something different. But I'm going to try to stay in my lane and talk hip-hop. Because I was talking... Today they had like a conversation about artists and shit. And it's, it's only a coincidence that my friend of mine, Wayne, came into the podcast on Instagram. Shout out to Wayne. And everybody on the podcast, that's a good friend of mine. So, um... It's um. Video. It's probably because I had a phone call. I just excuse everybody. Excuse me. I had a um phone call just now. I had to pause on. Messenger video. I keep getting a phone call, a video phone call. So it's gonna happen for a couple of seconds. Um. But we were talking about hip hop, and I tried to figure out a way that I can like transition that talk into something else but I can't so what I'm saying is like what makes what makes an artist in hip hop today like what are, what are artists passionate about what drives them to be to, to be where they want to to get to where they want to go like are you at are you at we at like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I said we at the Mount Himalayas. We got the Himalayan mountains, right? Where where do you see yourself as far as climbing that mountain? Are you almost there? Are you in the middle? Are you at the peak? Are you comfortable with your success as an artist to where as though you can brag about it? Is it braggadocious? Is it that time? Did you reach your did you hit your, your peak? Or are you still there trying to climb that mountain, like, you're trying to come up? You're trying to come up. Are you at the come-up stage? Do you not know how to do it? You know what I'm saying? Because rappers need mentors. Rappers need managers. I don't think dudes understand how important it is to have a circle. Of people that got common sense. Because a lot of these artists don't have a circle with people that think. That's why these dudes go to jail. That's why these dudes go broke. That's why these dudes can't put out a fucking freestyle. Because they don't have the proper support system. I'm not saying support from the hood, from the masses, from the area. They don't have the proper support system. Rappers don't have a support system. That's worth bragging about. That's why these dudes are being outworked by the 15-year-old in the basement that's learning how to make beats while he rap. Soldier boy. That's why these dudes are being out, outworked. This is a sport. This is boxing. You got to train. You got to put in work. You got to fix your diet. You got to get ready. You got to get your breath control. You got to put in work. You got to go out there. You got to say, yo, I'm here. I'm arrived. I'm going to be that next dude. You're going to be listening to me in five years. You matter of fact, you're going to be listening to me by the summer. I got it on lock. They're not selling their self. Instead, they're selling their self short as far as their art goes, their passion goes. So therefore, they're not passionate about it. They're not passionate about hip-hop. They don't like hip-hop. See, this is the game. They're not players in the game. They're not owners in the game. They're not... The hustlers on the sideline in the game, they are actually spectators in their own game. They basically watching the players play. That's the kind of spectator they are. They watching the players play. It's like dog, you around a bunch of drug dealers. Like what are you here for? If you're not selling drugs. You watching the players play. Get out of here. Go over there. Or pick up a book or something. You feel me? 
You got to be able... You can't just be one foot in and one foot out with this shit. You got to be in hole. You got to be up in there. You got to stand your ground. You got to pull up on these dudes and say, yo, man, what's really good? I'm here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these dudes don't got the swagger for it. They don't got the ambition. What they got inside of them is like a lot of like... A lot of like bullshit. Like they just been feeding themselves bullshit. It's like you motherfuckers is too busy sitting in front of the TV doing this. Instead of studying the game. Because this motherfucker's out here sharpening steel, dog. This motherfucker's out here keeping it 100 with this shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't laugh at a rapper like Little Yachty. You can't laugh at none of these little mumble rappers when you just sitting there on the bullshit sidelines waving your fucking um, sign like this. You can't do that. That's like what you can't do. That's a flag on the play. 20 yards on offense. Bring that shit the fuck back, dog. You got to put in work, man. These young boys is trying to... These young boys is recording 50 songs a day in the fucking house. By they self. Sitting at their own little desk. Their own little studio. Punching the buttons. And doing all that. You got to be that passionate. You got to be that passionate. You got to be that dude. You got to be that focused. So, you know, guys were talking about the top five artists in the neighborhood. You don't want to be labeled as the top five artists in the neighborhood. Not me. Don't even consider me as that. I want to be the one of the top five dudes out there. Don't even put me in that bracket. I don't want to be in that bracket. I don't want to be around a bunch of dudes. I don't want to be I don't want to be classified with a bunch of dudes that ain't doing shit. In that neighborhood, dog. Put me out there. Put me in the put me in this in a in a class with a, by myself. I stand out. You know what I'm saying? I walk into the room, the motherfuckers like this. Them rappers, that motherfucker right there got bars. It ain't no motherfucking yo, yo, they said I'm three and you four. Fuck that. I don't wanna be nowhere near you, dog. I wanna be out here with it. Spacely sprocket. So I don't think dudes be understanding when they be saying shit, man. I think dudes do I think motherfuckers just be like, yo, let's just talk about shit just because it's a podcast. Nah, G. Nah, G. Like, motherfuckers is listening, man. You got motherfuckers like Power 105.1 out there listening. They like, what? Who the fuck are these dudes? I'm talking about the podcasters now. They like, yo, who the fuck are these dudes talking like this? Gibberish. The top five dudes in the army. I'm not co-signing no bullshit. I'm not co-signing no bullshit. Nobody top five. All y'all corny. Real rap. I'm not co-signing no bullshit. I'm not going to sit here and say y'all top anything because you top garbage. If you ain't got no music, you top garbage. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of whole, it's a whole bunch of janky promoters out there. There's a lot of motherfuckers that say they manage this and they do this and they do that. They DJ here. They got this record label popping. But nah, dog, you just saying that shit so you can post a picture on social media so your neighborhood could like it. That's what you do it for. You do it for that little small circle of people that don't matter. You got to do that shit for the world. You got to do that shit for the world, dog. So when you tell somebody that you top such and such in the neighborhood, that shit shouldn't matter, dog. You should be like, man, I don't want to be top nothing. I want to be the motherfucking man in the world. I want these motherfuckers hearing me. A 
across the country. Top nothing in no neighborhood, dog. I give it motherfucker. I say I say it the way I want to say it. This is the platform I'm on. This is the platform I'm on. I'm gonna say it like this. If you ain't putting in no work this summer, your motherfucking rap rap music career gonna be a wrap. Cause the windows closing, dog. That shit going like this. You ain't even going to be able to peek your fucking eye in that bitch. That's how small your window's closing. Because the style of music is getting cha- is changing every day. It's evolving. Don't nobody want to hear that shit. I rapped about, I, I got a gun and it's the size of a, as a surfboard. I run around the block and I do this. I sell a million cracks. These little motherfucking kids don't want to hear that shit. That shit is irrelevant to them. And the people you rapping for are either FedEx drivers, UPS drivers, or fucking security guards in the mall. Let's be real about that shit, dog. Let's snap snap into reality with it. The people you rapping to don't know motherfucking anything. They ain't even fucking in tune with life. The motherfuckers is like, man, shit. That shit corny that them young boys is doing. That shit whack, man. You see what them motherfuckers is wearing this shit. They wearing that shit. They always complaining. They like mean, grumpy old motherfucking men. Hating on the sideline. Can't never get nobody they props. So you dudes is getting outboxed by teenagers with that sloppy rap. That shit ain't going to go nowhere. That shit ain't going to go nowhere. That shit ain't going to take you nowhere. That shit ain't going to take you nowhere. That shit going to get you shots at the bar. After you do your open mic, that shit going to get you shots at the bar. Yo, what's up? I mean, shots of Patron we need. Yo, let, let's get four shots of Patron and four, four Coronas. That's as far as you go with that bullshit rap. You could bullshit with rap if you want, man. That shit gonna either take you there or take you here. You know? I don't wanna fuck with no rappers. Them rappers ain't shit. Them rappers don't want no shit. Them rappers don't want no money. Them rappers don't want no money. Them rappers want motherfucking recognition from a dude that lived 10 blocks away from him. Them rappers don't want no money. I fuck with a rapper, that motherfucking rapper better want the world. That motherfucker wanna better want a fucking rocket when these dudes want plane tickets. That's what that rapper need. That rapper better want that. Not no motherfucking, yo, you the shit, man. I heard your mixtape. That shit all right. Nah, nigga, nah, dog. We want worldly love. We want the motherfucking hotel groupies running down on us and shit. Not no motherfucking stick-up kids. We want to be somewhere in Greece somewhere. You want to take that motherfucking music somewhere to another level. These dudes ain't doing that shit. They ain't doing that shit. I'ma sign off, y'all, man. I'ma highlight y'all. This New Wave Radio, New Wave Podcast, you already know. Y'all be safe, man.